Welcome back to Community Health Commute, your commute-friendly podcast dedicated to supporting the Community Health Center mission. This is Ashley Lyle, and today I'm bringing you another episode as part of our COVID-19 series focused on prevention, preparedness, and response. A Washington Health Center leader describes the key partnerships and preparations to support administration of the COVID-19 vaccine, despite experiencing some hurdles along the way. I hope this episode leaves you inspired or hopeful as you move forward with your own vaccine efforts. Take a listen here. Today is Tuesday, January 26th of 2021, and I am joined by Barb Middleton, who is the Chief Operating Officer of New Health, a federally qualified health center located here in Northeast Washington, and they are also a member of our association. Welcome, Barb, and I'm really happy to have you joining me today. Great. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So our listeners can get a little bit more familiar with uh, who you are. Would you mind uh, just spending a couple of minutes telling us about your organization, your role in the community you serve? No, that's great. So um, as you said, my name is Barb Middleton, and I'm the Chief Operations Officer for New Health Programs. We are a federally qualified health center, and we have been around since 1978. So quite some time in the northeast corner of Washington State. Uh, We do offer medical, dental, pharmacy, behavioral health services uh, to the counties that we serve. And those counties are Stevens and Ponderay County, uh, which is a very large area. Yes, we're happy to be there and serving the community. Excellent. Thank you, Barb. So uh, to provide context for the rest of our time together today, uh, we are at the end of January. So that means the COVID-19 vaccine has been circulating here in Washington since mid-December. And out of the state's four-phase distribution approach, we're currently in phase 1B tier 1. So could you just spend a few minutes describing your organization's process for operational planning, you know, including working with your local and state partners uh, as you approach the release of the vaccine? Sure, great. So yes, we do work very closely with our um, local health jurisdiction and our other um, county partners. Since the onset of COVID, we've had a group, um, our emergency operations committee that was activated. We meet weekly and uh, discuss various things, you know, whatever's hot on the the plate for that time. Um, As you have mentioned recently, it's been the vaccine. So doing the vaccine rollout has been uh, a joint effort in our region. And I feel, you know, blessed that we do have a local health jurisdiction and uh, county partners that are very um, involved with each other and there to support each other and to help us um, all get through this in the best way possible for the people that we, you know, have in our, in our region. Operationally, it's been a challenge trying to um, build that plane as we fly it. I have been saying that since day one, that it has just been always, you know, monitor and adapt. Um, There's been a lot of changes and, you know, operationally that has put stress and strain on our system, but we're, we manage through it, you know, each time we get something new that comes our way, we just kind of, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and say, okay, we got this you know, let's figure out how we're going to make this happen. Excellent. And could you um, maybe talk a little bit more about the partnership aspect? So it sounded like you have some pretty good partnerships with your local health jurisdiction. You know, how was that planning uh, occurring? Was it, you know, weekly meetings where the lo- local health jurisdiction was communicating with healthcare partners? Was it primarily the Department of Health or, um, you know, what were some of the things that you talked about? No, that's great. So our 
local health jurisdiction. One, I guess one of the nice things about, you know, being in kind of more of a rural setting and, and small community, you know, these are people that we have worked closely with over the years. It's somebody that we were very familiar with even before COVID. Uh, so we partnered on other things, you know, over time. So having this group come together just felt like a very natural extension of what we had already been playing with uh, over the years. And our uh, emergency operation committee consists of several members in the community, not only our local health jurisdiction, but we've got fire district on there. We've got um, county leaders. We've got uh, Providence and ourselves sitting at the table. We have some other, um, you know, there are county commissioners on there. And, and, you know, other various individuals, school superintendents. So it's a, it's a very robust team of people. And we do meet weekly, and we have been doing this uh, in response to COVID since last March. And we share everything from, you know, how is everybody's PPE situation? Who needs what? How can we get, you know, what you need to where it needs to go to you know, the more of the in-depth things of flushing out, okay, how are, how are we going to respond when, you know, people in our communities have questions? So we've tried very hard to have that unified message out to our community using each of our social media pages to put out that, that similar message, sharing information of, of, you know, what each of us has going on and, and the different strains and the stresses that might be on our care teams and staff. Um, and how can we best support each other? So I feel that this team of people have come together and have rallied around this, you know, this situation. And we're trying, all trying to do the best that we can for patients that we're serving. That's great. So it sounds like multi-sector partnership has really been beneficial. That's great that you're meeting on a weekly basis because I know that the information flow has been a little bit rocky for some others in the state um, between their local partners. So that's a really great um, model. So based on the information that you did receive ahead of time or at that time early uh, last year and kind of leading up to the vaccine release, do you feel that you were adequately prepared to receive it? I would say that we were. Again, there were so many complexities around the vaccine itself, and we had to, you know, discuss and get some things put in place and plan. Okay, how is the vaccine going to get be received? How are we then going to get it distributed? And then how are we then going to get it into the arms of people? So there were a lot of moving parts, and there continues to be a lot of moving parts. I do feel that our information that was shared by our local health jurisdiction, who is in constant contact with, you know, the Department of Health. I feel that that was adequate for what we needed to, you know, do. Um, There were times where, based on what our bandwidth was, staffing-wise or logistics-wise at the time, you know, we had to, you know, adapt and do what it was good for, for new health programs and for our patients, but always in concert with what the local health jurisdiction was doing. They've been our vaccine holders. So this whole time we have been under a redistribution agreement with our local health jurisdiction. So all of our vaccine is a constant coordination on a weekly basis of getting vaccine to where it needs to go. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. So I know that there's only a few FQHCs that have not yet received the vaccine. I'm sure there's other 
different types of providers too in the state that haven't. Um, is there anything or any advice that you would give them in terms of preparation, you know, based on your experience as they're anticipating receipt of that? Well, I would say, you know, make sure that, you know, you're having conversations with your staff in advance to, you know, what your plan is or how you want to roll out your vaccine. You know, what is that going to look like on a day-to-day basis? And I think for us, that was one of our bigger challenges. So not only were we, you know, are we trying to still maintain, you know, our regular patient care, because you still have patients with chronic conditions and healthcare needs. So, you know, we have that aspect, which we you know, have been doing for years, and then you throw on COVID and then all the testing and, and um, the complexities around that, and now we have vaccine. So it's trying to figure out that rhythm of how you're going to still do it all with oftentimes just having the same number of staff that you've had. And so that's been part of our complexities and, and you know, challenging staff to say, okay, how can we make this work? And really bringing a lot of voices to the table because everybody's got great ideas. Everybody's in it for the mission and for serving patients. And so, you know, I think, you know, trusting the the brainstorming that happens within your team to figure out ways to, you know, launch your program, launch your plan within your your practice. But then also, you know, using your your health jurisdiction to be a conduit for not only support, um, maybe supplies and services, but then also to see where their bandwidth is, because sometimes they have access to other resources that you might not be aware. So I would say certainly, you know, keeping everybody communicating and, you know, on the same train, on the riding on the tracks, heading in the right direction. Great. Thank you. And you've already kind of jumped into talking about somewhat of the experience, um, you know, of your health center since you've received the vaccine. But um, anything else that you wanted to elaborate on as far as how this is really looking like on the ground, um, you know, for your staff or maybe the patients that have been calling or coming in asking about the vaccine, um, you know, especially considering the changing guidance and maybe the supply issues kind of that have come up? Uh, Anything else you want to share about that? Um, yes, yeah, so our our patients have obviously been, and I think everybody can speak to this because I see it, you know, in other uh, news or social media platforms. There's been a desire of a lot of folks to get vaccinated as quickly as possible. So the challenge for us has been, you know, how do you meet the needs of all those individuals? And you know, the short answer is you really can't. All you can do is the best that you can do on each given day, you know, and following the guidance of um, the Department of Health on how vaccines are to be rolled out. So it's certainly a daily continual review of what are we doing? Are we are we still on the right path? You know, is everybody have what they need? Are we communicating that out to, to patients? Um, you know, supply has been short. And so we're starting to run into some of that now. And, um, you know, having the bandwidth of staff to help communicate that out to patients that, you know, be patient with us. You know, we're doing the best we can. We will get you vaccinated, you know, when your um, eligibility is there as quickly as we can. And then also helping them to try to find other resources as well. So, you know, as you know, there's going to be regional, you know, high throughput mass vaccination sites that are being implemented, I think, in our region, in the Spokane uh, 
County. There's going to be one in Spokane that I believe starts tomorrow. So just helping people find those resources as well. So if we're not able to get the vaccine, we still want people to have access. And what's the workflow like for you? I know you're a smaller health center in the state, um, comparable to some others, and you're in the more rural area. Are you holding like weekend clinics or is it just throughout the day kind of integrated into your normal workflows or how does that look? No, that's a great question because we are very rural and so that has presented some challenges. Um, we, we are set up with our seven medical sites. We're set up to where three of them are considered hub locations. And so our we made the decision early on that those hubs would become our vaccination centers for COVID vaccine. And so um, they're spread they're spread about equally, you know, within our region. And so we felt that that was um, easy enough access for patients, even if they, you know, happen to be a little farther away uh, from one at hub center, you know, it shouldn't take more than, you know, 45 minutes in any direction to get to any one of those. So we did choose that a hub was going to be a vaccination site. And then then we had the complexity of going, okay, well, we're still trying to test. We want to roll in vaccine. You know, how do we do this knowing that our limitations of staff? And so what we did is we ended up just designating certain days. So we have certain days that are designated as test days. So anybody that needs a COVID test knows that they can come and, and get that. And we're still doing that service curbside. And then if uh, on the days that we're doing vaccine, you know, we are bringing those individuals actually into our brick and mortar because there's more complexities with the monitoring process um, and just the vaccine stability and whatnot. So uh, we were bringing those folks actually into the building to be vaccinated and then have that 15 to 30 minute, you know, wait time after vaccine for the monitoring. So that's how we've rolled it out, um, you know, within our system. And it's actually been working pretty well. Great. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Well, I think that given some of the challenges and the supply issues as of late, um, it can seem pretty discouraging for some people. I do think it's important, though, to acknowledge positivity where it's due to hopefully inspire some motivation and perseverance. And so what I would ask you is, you know, what can we celebrate out of all of this or what are you most proud of? I guess for me, what I'm most proud of is uh, watching my staff respond to this pandemic and this crisis. Early on, it was difficult and people were very uh, worried and fearful. But as we have gotten into a rhythm and a flow, everybody has shown resiliency. Everybody has shown, hey, we've got this. We're here for the patient. Um, They come to work every day. They show up every day you know, they're, they're working really hard. And, you know, that for me just is very touching. Um, I love seeing that. Even when we were bringing both vaccines, because we have Pfizer and Moderna, we were bringing both vaccines on site. And, and me, I was all worried about, you know, the complexities of, of each of those vaccines and, and um, having those both in the same brick and mortar. And every single one of my team members stepped up and said, we got this. We're going to figure it out. So that was just it, you know, it's just something that warms your heart. You're like, okay, 
we're here for the mission. We're here for, you know, doing what we, you know, come in and do day in and day out. So I do want to celebrate and I am very proud of our staff. I'm just amazed looking at everything that, you know, we're at a point now where we're giving vaccine. How cool is that, that we get to actually give vaccine and um, make people feel protected and that, that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And someday we are going to, you know, re- resume to more of a normal kind of lifestyle that we knew before. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that. And I hope that others find some, you know, motivation from that as well. Um, but we are at time here. So Barb, I just want to thank you for joining us. I know that your time as well as many others is really precious these days. So we're very grateful that you chose to spend some of it with me and with our listeners. And um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. That's it for today. If you have any follow-up questions for me or our guest, you can leave us a voice message on our podcast homepage. Likewise, if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a rating on your favorite listening app. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again on the road in next month's commute.